This is Brian Lincoln, producer of Hidden Harbor Mysteries. In this behind-the-scenes episode, I'm interviewing some of the cast. I'll be talking to them about the show, then highlighting some of their other work, which I can't recommend to you enough. First, we have Veronica Jaguer, who played our heroine. Then I'll talk to Catherine Pride, who played our villain. And finally, I'll talk to Dave Robison, who played our narrator. I'm here with Veronica Jaguer. Hey, Veronica. Hi, Brian. How are you doing this I am day? wonderful. How are you? I'm great. So I'm introducing some of the cast to our listeners in the feed here. And uh, as the lead, you are someone that must be in this. <laughs> oh, whoa, must be. So the first question I'm asking um, everyone is, did you have fun performing a character in Hidden Harbor Mysteries? Oh my gosh, absolutely. That was so, so much fun. And it was different from any other character I've voiced, I think, um, in the time I've been podcasting and doing voice acting. So it was a real treat. Was it what you expected when you accepted? You know, when it comes to you and Jay, I never know what to expect. <laughs> I think that is a wonderful thing. Um, <laughs> it was sort of, but... You know, with the way that Jay writes and the way he presents characters, there's there's always something unexpected. Yeah. So it did have that, you know, that nice old time radio feel, that that mystery aspect. But there was plenty of cool stuff I didn't anticipate. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in terms of playing the character, what, what did you find it easy to fall into it or was it a challenge for you? you trying to figure out the like the accent and carriage first. That was the most difficult part. But once the character was explained to me and once I did a little more research on my own into the older movies and really looking at old-time comic books and just kind of getting the flavor of your heroes and heroines in there, it got easier. But the first couple times going through was a little challenging. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. I mean, and it's kind of a vague direction to just say we want an old time sound. I mean, <laughs> sure. everyone, everyone's going to take that in a little bit of a different direction. And, you know, we when Jay and I put this together, it was very much doing it in a way that we gathered together people that we had a lot of trust in to to do something, you know, not to just ask, what do you want, but actually bring something of their own to it and interpret it in their own way. And of course, I know Jay wrote it with you partly in mind, so... <laughs> Still blows my mind. Still makes me all, you know, pink in the face, but... Well, oh. you you and Jay have a past relationship in the sense that you narrated The Diary of Jill Woodbine, which was, you know, a straight read side yeah. story from H.G. World. Mm -hmm. So he was very, very comfortable with you in the sense that he, kn he knew your range because you, you had done that for him over i mean do you know what the word count was i mean it's pretty hefty isn't it i would have to go back through because he gave it to me in pieces yeah, um, yeah exactly chapter but oh i know when i was gosh when i was cleaning up files and stuff I, it was 
there was a lot of stuff in there. Um, <laughs> I know we had 40 some chapters yeah. and each chapter was anywhere from nine minutes to a half an hour. Yeah. So there was, I'd say at least 60, 70,000 words in there. So you've, I mean, you have a lot of experience doing uh, different kinds of narration. Yes. Um, I think giving a full history might be a bit too much for what we're doing here, but Give me a while. But um, what are the highlights? What are the, some of the main things people should know about you in terms of what you have done before? Well, most people know me as the narrator and producer for the Secret World Chronicle series, which started out, that was my first, I guess, jump or push into podcast fiction. And um, that is, for those who don't know, it is a superhero science fiction series that's written with Mercedes Lackey, Dennis Lee, Cody Martin, and me. I'm a co-author from since book two. We're working on book five now, and it is a published series through Bayon. Um, and we have an agreement with them that lets us podcast the series for free, and then people can pick up the books on their own. I've done a lot of reading for the Drabblecast, for um, Escape Artists. I've become the person that people will hand the squicky gory things to <laughs> and I will read no problem. That's been really interesting. I've read for Jay for the Diary of Jill Woodbine. People might also know me from um, a story called The Ballad of Iron Percy by Edward Clark. Yeah, that was my first introduction to you, by the way. It's weird. People either get introduced via Secret World Chronicle or via The Ballad. Um Actually, and the first introduction to you, I, I'm lying. The first introduction oh to you <laughs> was when you and I were both cast into the same Justin McCumber story. Oh, my gosh. That's right. <laughs> I remember that. And the funny thing is, um, I'm, oh, gosh, Justin has pretty much said I'm his go-to person for narrating many mm -hmm. of his books. Mm -hmm. I'm working on one now for him because in addition to doing the podcast, I also narrate audiobooks. Um, I do a lot of work via ACX. Yeah. Now, ACX, for people that don't oh. know, is a that that's a service that uh, basically puts authors and, and rights holders together with narrators in order to allow, I, I would guess I would say independent narrators to read stories that will appear on Audible. Yeah, it's it's uh, independent narrators, also producers who then outsource the narration. Um, yeah. But I do I do a lot of um, work through there. But I've done some books for Justin, and every time I get a project from Justin, I always have to tweak something in the studio. It, it, it's like he gets <laughs> gives me something. It's like oh, we got to fix this cable. Oh, we got to fix this program. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a while for narrating stuff. And then I've narrated some of my own things that I've written either by myself or with a co-author. But there's a cyberpunk. How do I how do I spin it? Inner city cyberpunk um, story that I co-wrote with Cedric Johnson and that I narrated and produced, and it's called Broken. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote a short story, and I thought I can't narrate the whole thing, so um, I graciously asked a whole bunch of people, including you, mm -hmm. um, to do voices for a full cast of a story called Fear of Thought. That both Broken and Fear of Thought go through my voices by Veronica's site. Mm -hmm. um, but the other other titles have their own sites and feeds throughout the interwebs. So you've done narration and clearly, especially with this show, you've done audio drama. Yeah. Was it easy for you to transition over? Or was this, first of all, was this your first audio drama? 
Um, let me think. Huh. Technically, yes. I want to say technically, yes. Although I've done live reads, because I've done the Metamore City live reads right, right. Um, at Balticon. And, oh, goodness. But, but Metamore think... City is still usually, I guess they're more audio drama that he puts together for live, doesn't he? Now that yeah. I think about it, because I'm like, well, Metamore City is typically a full cast audio mm-hmm. type thing. But, but I guess those are more audio drama that he writes, isn't it? It's a script. Yeah, that's it's more if you think about it in the sense of a like a film noir audio drama where you have a narrator but that narrator is actively participating in the story and they're just they're more of the transition between scenes rather and, than somebody doing the he said she said in the middle. And by the way, we're talking about Metamore City and Chris Lester <laughs> Chris Lester is actually in the cast for Hidden Harbor with a small part and that was a lot of fun for me to bring him in cuz he's a uh, He's one of the reasons I got into doing this in the first place. Oh, he's so. phenomenal. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> so, yeah, so how was it for you to do this, it being your first audio drama then? Fun. I always, I always approach this as, oh, my gosh, I get to play. This is fun. It was different because I haven't had the chance to do a character mm-hmm. like this. And it was great because I got feedback and... The difference, one of the big differences, I think, with doing this audio drama versus some other works is because it is an ensemble piece and you have to play off other people, you're constantly getting feedback about how to play off other people. And it's, you're not, you know, well, you are locking yourself in your studio and nobody else is around, but you can practice with other people and it's... It's more of an immediate technique refinement. If I'm on Skype with you and with Laura Nicole and we're running through lines because I'm hearing people and because you're hearing us and giving us notes, it's, I think it's a, I think doing audio drama is a faster way to improve your skills versus just a straight read or a single, you know, narration where you're telling a story into the book. Um, Telling a story for the book. Telling a story. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Just it's it's more dynamic. You get to I think you get to play more because there are more voices to play with. Yeah. And it's also more I think the kind of acting is a little bit different because I think when you're broken up by a narrator who's sort of describing what's going on, maybe even what your feelings are, you're trying to hit maybe more generic emotions and things mm-hmm. with line reads. But I think with audio drama, it's just how you're breathing through a block of text, for example, changes everything, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot more than just the words themselves. It's, it's the timing. It's the sort of what is going into those lines. Are you conveying that you're tired? Or are you conveying that you're angry Mm-hmm. Are you conveying that you're, you know, moving around the room while you're talking? Like all of those things come from that the, they're part of the audio drama because people are trying to picture what's going on at, while you're talking. Um, so uh, sound effects do a lot of that informing, but also the actors have to understand sort of what's going on at a different degree that they would maybe reading prose. 
True. And I think in that respect, you have to, you have to really understand the space that you're recording in. Um, I know that there were times where, I mean, my, my studio area is quite small. If I stretch my arms out, I'm going to hit something and injure myself. So when there was, there weren't, when there was the need for that movement, I had to stop and think, okay, I'm going to have to you know, read ahead. This is what it's going to call for. Let me move things. Let me make sure that, you know, I've, I've hung fabric so that I can, you know, buffer some sound, but so I'm not going to fly off and get stuck in it when I start to get into a line, which sadly has happened. <laughs> so I think we'll wrap up here in a sec, but um, any final words for an audience member who just found this and is about to start listening? Keep listening. Um, <laughs> that always keep listening, and thank you for listening. I think um, if you're not used to this this format of the old time drama, you need to give it a couple episodes. Be prepared for cliffhangers because the the older formats lived on cliffhangers. Yeah. They wanted people to come back, and I think one of the neatest things about this show is the immersion factor it's not just the you know the accents that are used it's not just um the tone of the production and the filters that are used but it's the fact that we have commercials for the times it's it's a completely immersive thing and you have to you have to give that a chance once you give it a chance it's hard not to enjoy great well thanks a lot for coming on Oh, absolutely. I'm here with Catherine Pride, the wonderful voice actor who played Mistress Penumbra in the Hidden Harbor Mysteries. Hi, Catherine. Hi there. I just want to ask you a couple quick questions here. First, I wanted to focus a little bit on Hidden Harbor itself. Uh, I wanted to ask you, first of all, uh, did you have fun <laughs> playing Mr. Spinumbra? Oh, oh, my gosh, yes. Um, I've always wanted to play that kind of, um, you know, really a film noir sort of villainous. And uh, the opportunity to do that here, I simply could not pass up. I had an absolute blast. Um, it was it was it was tons of fun. It was tons of fun. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. And and it's a challenging role from my end to to cast because there's got to be a charisma to that character. If that character is somebody who is not owning the scene every time she walks out there, you're really going to have a problem. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, it would be like it would be like casting Sunset Boulevard and. Mm-hmm you know, not having the right actress to play the lead. And, you do, you know, if they can't command every every time they show up, then how would they have gotten it as far as they did? Exactly. In the world, in the circles that they travel. Oh, totally. So what was your uh, your impression of, of the role? Was it what you expected when you first accepted it? Or was it a little different? In, in a lot of ways, it was what I expected. And a lot of that was because you guys kind of gave me the uh, the rundown of the character um, yeah, yeah. in pretty pretty good detail before I accepted the part. And just, you know, whenever, whenever uh, a director comes to me with a, a specific voice match in mind, or at least a type of character, it kind of informs my performance already. I sort of start developing uh, a personality for that character based off of the voice of the 
you know, the voice and the kind of person yeah. um, that they chose. So in a lot of ways, uh, she was exactly what I expected. And, uh, and in several ways, as I kind of started recording more of the episodes, I was like, wow, no, she's even more awesome than I thought she was. <laughs> she's got some skeletons in her closet and then some. Yeah. Uh, so in that respect, it was it was awesome and very and very fun and, and surprising for me because I would start recording an episode after doing a read through. And uh, as I start to get into it, the character would just keep developing on her own and start settling into the scene. And uh, I had some interesting reads and stuff that I wasn't expecting it to go quite the direction that it did. <laughs> oh, it was a lot of fun uh, picking lines and, and assembling all that stuff. I was just kind of goosebumpy the whole time. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Then I have done my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so one of the things I loved the most about your performance was the accent that you pulled off. Was that challenging for you, or do you was it just something in your wheelhouse? Uh it was it was in my wheelhouse in sort of in, in the way that I had never really had an opportunity to use it. Mm -hmm. But um, I am an avid fan of Kate Mulgrew. Captain Janeway is my favorite Star Trek captain, and I've pretty much grown up admiring her. And so I've always sort of had this very Kate Mulgrew-esque voice in my head mm -hmm. that I'd never had a chance to use. And that was really sort of the launch point for the character for me, mm -hmm. was this sort of Kate Mulgrew... Um, there's an episode of, oh, I think it's Murder, She Wrote, like that I remember watching as a kid. It was one of the first times I saw... Kate Mulgrew outside of Voyager and she's playing this like very femme fatale. She's got like this big white fur coat on and she's playing a Hollywood starlet. And the the whole time I'm playing Mistress Penumbra, that's what I'm seeing nice. is this, is this big mink coat and this very Catherine Janeway sort of Kate Mulgrew-esque character. So I, I, the opportunity to actually use that voice had never come up before now. So I was giddy the whole time I got to do this, this role. That's pretty awesome. Cause the, the things I've had you in before, cause I've had you do a couple of Dune Steve episodes for me and mm -hmm. tended to have a Southern accent there. So for a while, at first I was like, I wonder if she only has a Southern accent. Cause I didn't know you well enough to know no, what your range no. was. I just happen to live with Texans. Um, <laughs> I, I am actually from New York and, uh -huh then grew up in D.C. and then uh, moved to Texas with uh -huh. um, my partner and her family. So imagine what it's like living around nothing but Texans yeah, yeah. for six years. I, I lived in Austin in for a few years. I... <laughs> yeah, very, very strange. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I mean, do you have a lot of other accents or is what's your... Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I've, dialect work is one of my favorite things to do. That's and awesome. I haven't met a dialect I don't like. I've met ones I can't do, but I've never met one that I didn't like. And not not as the other production house that I work with, Pendant Audio, for a time we had a, a number of other productions that are now archived. They're no longer available. But I played several different dialects. I think mm -hmm. every character I had um, had a different dialect or a different accent based on region or something. I mean, I was a Russian mobster. I was a I was a Romanian uh queen i was a new york beat cop i was a different part of the island you know new york cop uh i played a southerner i played a midwesterner i well, played french <laughs> it's a lot of stuff and british and scottish as well so you've been involved with pendant for a long time then 
Yes, I have. Um, I actually joined Pendant in 2005 when they got their start. Um, wow. They had just started their first production, which is no longer available, sadly. And they were getting ready to branch out to, to three new more productions. And I got cast in roles in two out of the three my first time out of the gates. Nice. Um, and I've been with them ever since. Nice. And you produced for them, correct? Yes, I do. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of cool because I, I have the distinction of having the only pendant show that started out non-pendant. Um, it was an independent production that I started when I when I was in college and I had just learned about radio drama and just thought it was the coolest thing in the world back in my days of being on the Voice Acting Alliance. And uh, uh, I started a production called Genesis Avalon, and uh, it was my own personal take on a superhero. And um, it was a superhero with a lot of mythology. So Celtic, Jewish, Egyptian, you name it. It's, it you know, I've got a place for it, even if you haven't seen it in the show. It's somewhere in my head. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I, I started working on that independently while I was voice acting strictly for Pendant. And then Jeffrey, the executive producer, approached me about producing for Pendant specifically because he'd heard Genesis Avalon and uh, he and I created Seminar, which is our sort of Twilight Zone meets, you know, Outer Limits sort of anthology show. I came up with the concept for the um, the wraparounds, the book ending and an overall kind of framework for the show. And I did that for a couple of years before passing the reins on that one and going back to working on Avalon because that was sort of my passion. Mm -hmm. And I went through and I, I actually wound up having to remix everything I did for Avalon independently with the resources and the talent that we had available at Pendant right. and, uh, and then produced all 50 episodes nonstop. In mm -hmm. fact, I lost my last season break. Um, we were going to have a a break between seasons three and four and Jeffrey emails me and goes, yeah, due to other things, that's not going to happen. I'm going to need you to keep producing straight through to the end. And I was like, Ouch. okay then. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you wrote it, right? I did. I wrote yeah. it. Um, I wrote it, I directed it and, uh, I played a character in it. Uh, and that was, that was one of those situations where I looked at this character and went, Oh my God, this character has to know everything that's in my head. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't tell the actor that because if I told the actor that it would ruin their performance. So I guess, um, gonna have to play the character <laughs> yeah. so that's it's, exactly what happened it, i'm i'm impressed by a lot of things about about what you've done there but one of the things is 50 episodes i mean <laughs> and it wraps up at 50 correct it does it is yeah, it the, is a solid 50 episode run start so to it's finish. A, a finished 50 recently finished 50 episode show yeah, yeah um, it only finished just it finished um i think about six months ago ish mm -hmm. yeah it finished at the beginning of the of 2014, so um, that was when the last episode aired. Um, and it's all available, it's all free, all high quality, and it's it's my it's my 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 uh, my baby. I was I was sad to see her go, but um, I'm glad that I got to finish it because it was eight years of my life, and that yeah. was a monumental achievement. <laughs> yeah, no, it absolutely is. As a fellow producer, all I can do is bow it off. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Hidden Harbor is 15 episodes, and that. And and fifteen fairly you know fifteen minute to twenty minute episodes. You're, you're so you're only thirty five. You've only got thirty five to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, whew. <laughs> but yeah. So that can be found. I'm sure you can find Genesis Avalon on iTunes. Is there a website or anything that? Uh, yep. You can find us on iTunes. Um, so you can search for it on iTunes, where you can pick up the feed and download it from there. Um, or you can go directly to our website, which is uh, www.pendantaudio.com. 
Genesis Avalon uh, is on there. There's a there's a sidebar that has all of the different shows that we have available. And so Avalon's like square in the middle of that, I think. And you can see all of the all of the episodes, download them all. And uh, there's also cover art that goes along with every single episode, which I think really cool. And uh, I had an awesome artist by the name of Dan Sean for the first like 20 or so episodes. And then he he had to uh, he had to, to um give it up because of time commitments. And uh, my partner actually stepped in and finished the run. Nice. And she's just, I'm biased, but she's an awesome <laughs> artist. So it's very, it's very cool. Cause you're, you're listening to a superhero show and you see a cover piece of cover art at the very beginning of the episode that can help create the images in your head of what I saw. Um, Cause Chris and I collaborated very closely on the artwork. Um, yeah. So it's very cool. So pendantaudio.com, just, Avalon. That's my baby. That's my brainchild. Love to hear what you guys think. Yeah, I definitely think anyone who's enjoyed Hidden Harbor definitely should go check this out. It's more superhero stuff. <laughs> and I've, I've definitely, I've loved the show. It's great. Well, thank you. I appreciate every single listener I have. So I'm <laughs> glad people are still loving it, even though it's, it's finally over. Sweet. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me, Brian. I'm here with Dave Robinson. Hi, Dave. Hey, Brian. How are you doing today? Uh, today, today, uh, it's a holiday weekend, so I'm doing very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I'm talking to the cast about, about Hidden Harbor. This is going to be one of the first things some people will hear re regarding the show, so they haven't listened yet. Okay. Um, so first off, the first question I'm asking everyone is, did you have fun voicing for Hidden Harbor Mysteries. Oh my God, yes! Because <laughs> because because you 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 gave me you gave me the plum roll, Brian. Really, you and Jay both. You, you let me be the announcer, so, yeah. so so I can go back to the glory days of yesteryear and put on that whole you know the the, the pulpy uh, uh, radio announcer schmaltz and and there is no cap to that so and that's perfect for me absolutely perfect yeah, yes i had yeah. a blast doing that and it's hard to imagine a different voice for it i mean it's been <laughs> <laughs> you're very kind you're very kind it, it was it was i mean the and and the the script the, the script lent itself to it i mean really nobody could read uh the the script for the narrator without stay tuned next week for another exciting you know the whole schmaltz uh, so no, I, 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 I hope, you know what I really hope? I hope that we keep going so yeah. I can come back and do more narrator shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to buy Eagle brand cigarettes now though? <laughs> well, yeah, see, and that, and that was another cool thing is like nobody in contemporary society would ever have a cigarette brand as the sponsor for their show, but right. it, it, it was, it was perfect in that, in that whole vibe. Uh, because it is, it, it speaks back to those days when, when smoking was just something you did. And, uh, and certainly the, the promotion for it within the, within the context of the show is brilliant. I would totally buy Eagle brand cigarettes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now you, I mean, you're a tremendous voice talent. I'm not shy to say that. Um, Thank you. And you have a background. You've done some audio drama stuff for a while. I have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually started, God, back in. 
2004, and, and none of your listeners, well, maybe one or two, but none of your listeners are probably going to know about this, but uh, my wife and I did a, a an audio drama company uh, in Fort Collins, Colorado called Rabbit Hole Radio Theater. Mm-hmm. And we we produced, you know, all original scripts, all, you know, built from the ground up, uh, probably a good 40 plus hours of just some fabulous audio drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really... By the time by, by the time you get to your second or third season of audio drama, you start developing that ear, mm-hmm. that that aesthetic, that sense for what works because it's very different from narration. It's very different even from full cast. Yeah, uh, because it's 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 like you've dropped a microphone in the middle of action that's going on, and that's it. That's exactly how it has to feel. Yeah. So, so that, that aesthetic was, was something that I, I tried to bring to, to my performance, uh, as I was going into it. And then, yes, I, I've done, I've done a lot of narration for, uh, for, for Drabblecast, for Pseudopod and Escape Pod and Podcastle, Starship Sofa, Tales yeah. to Terrify, all kinds of great stuff out there. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I've, I've somehow <laughs> fallen into the, into the vocal trap. It's like, finally, I, I, I get to use this, this buttery man voice of mine in some, some way other than just singing in the shower, which is a great, a great, uh, a delight for me. Is that oldest stuff of yours out there anymore? Or is it? It's, it's not, although I'm thinking that with, you know, now that, that, now that podcasting is the craze and audible is, is so huge. I'm actually thinking about approaching the, the theater company for whom we produced these. These, these mm-hmm. were not owned by us, but by the theater company that needed them. Uh, I, I'm thinking about approaching them and, and acquiring the rights so that we yeah. can put it out there just because there's some awesome stuff. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. How many people was were there in that? Well, for our first season, it was, it was crazy. We we decided we were going to do a big thirteen episode arc. This massive, mm-hmm. ep, you know, why why dip your toe into audio drama? Let's do something big and huge, like like Hidden Harbor Mysteries. Yeah, uh, and that was my first experience with audio drama. Uh, so we we put out auditions, and I think we got maybe ten people. So there was a lot of double casting and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. By the third season, when we put up auditions, we had, oh God, we had over 250 volunteers wow. involved with the project. Uh, and we actually stopped doing the big arc stories so that we could have more scripts with more performers. And we didn't have, we, we could actually share more mic time with more people because so many people wanted to be involved. Now, were they all local at that time? Pretty much, although wow. some people were driving, you know, forty-five minutes to to make the the the, the rehearsals and the and the recordings, which wow. I found just awesome and, and amazing. And I think that really kind of speaks to the appeal of you know theater of the mind. Yeah, uh, I, I think you know, and and of course we're no stranger to it with with podcast fiction and audible and so on and so forth. But audio drama is different. I I've said that before, but I'll say it again. It's utterly immersive and yeah. it's it's like a theater playing in your head and i think people respond to that i think they resonate to that so when we when well once we got our first season out there and people saw that you know holy crap this is for real and and it's broadcast because we had a local radio station that aired our our episodes and uh it, word got out people wanted to be a part of it that's awesome 
Yeah, it was. It really was. Now, I want to highlight one other thing because you have a podcast called The Roundtable Podcast that I personally yes. think is one of the best podcasts out there. I have so much fun listening to that. <laughs> you're you're very kind. Thank you. We we certainly have a lot of fun recording that thing, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I met you and your co-host, Brian, who is also in Hidden Harbor Mysteries, um, ah, back yes. when you were starting the show. and We was, had you on as a guest host. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. we... Uh, we're able to put it together. I was able to cast both of you in some things since then. And it was, man, Brian is great too. Um, <laughs> he's a theater, he's a theater yeah. slut. He's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roll lines. Yes, I can do that. He's all. Yeah. Over. Yeah. His, his, I mean, just some of the stuff that he did is just some of my favorite uh, characters <laughs> in, the, in the show, but he, he brings a very off kilter is not the word, but it's, it, he brings this perspective to everything that he does yeah. that is utterly unique and utterly fresh. I think he lives in a different world than the rest of us do. <laughs> and he just kind of comes in and visits from time to time and brings this, this wonderful yeah. aesthetic, this wonderful, uh, uh, voice to, to what he does. Cause, you know, listening to the, to the round table, you know, the, the ideas he comes up with, the brainstorms, the, yeah. the questions that he poses to, to the guest host when we interview them, he, he's, he really cuts to the heart of something in a way that is unexpected and delightful. Yeah. And for people who are listening to this who haven't heard of that podcast, it's a writing podcast and it tends to come in two parts. At first, it's Dave and his co host, uh, interviewing an author about basically how they do their thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that's part, you call that the 20 minutes with. Uh, right, segment, which, which is never 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you're, you're, when you're interviewing people like Cameron Hurley or Cat Rambo or, uh, uh, God, we got Tim Markwitz coming up here pretty quick. Right. Um, you know, the 20 minutes just ain't enough, but we try, we try and cap it. We try. And the other part is the actual uh, roundtable discussion uh, part of the show really is, it's the two co-hosts again with this guest author helping another person, usually a startup writer, but doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. um, to brainstorm uh, and flush out a story idea they have. So they present their idea and then discussion commences. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's creative. Brainstorming ensues. Yeah. It's creative discussion. It's just so well done. And part of it is just the, the density of good ideas is amazing whether it comes from you or the guests i'm i'm just i feel like i learned so much that you never could predict based on what the topic of the story is and based on who the guests are you can never predict what you're going to learn but it's going to be something cool and <laughs> that's really that's the magic of yeah. this thing and certainly unintended on my part all i wanted to do was was brainstorm stories because that's yeah. what that's what me and brian used to do back in colorado when we were yeah. you know living in the same zip code yeah. and and you're right though because bringing in bringing in different authors with different experiences, usually genre fiction, but, you know, science fiction, fantasy, urban fantasy, romance, whatever. And then these, the writer that brings their story. And then of course myself and Brian or whoever the co-host is du jour, uh, that, that ensemble of perspective, it's, it's like this event horizon of, of inspiration and, and people ping off of each other and, and based on your experience, your background, your, your, wherever your head is, even just in that moment, yeah. new ideas are, are discovered just, just right then and there. And inevitably I, some, <laughs> there have been episodes where I'm going, Oh crap. I don't know if this is going to work or not. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like magic. It always does. And that, that just blows me away. So I, I'm, I really appreciate you saying that because that's, 
that's something that that I feel is is really one of the values of the podcast, an unintended value, but but definitely a value. Yeah, I I just think it's it it just fits so well, and part of it is obviously your personality helps to glue it all together. <laughs> but I think even somebody who wasn't a writer would really enjoy the conversations. Like for me, I enjoy writing, and it really inspires me. Idea, I mean, it's just some of the ideas people come up with, and the directions or the questions that get asked. It's like it's really important as a writer to to get that kind of perspective that maybe you don't have when you sit in your little cave and write all day and and the kind you know you get challenged a little bit and to hear someone else get challenged just it just sparks the imagination sure well and that's you know and that's why we bring on the established authors rather than have it just be me brian and a writer right uh because uh, th there'd be a lot of froth going on there and it'd be fun but by bringing in a veteran of of the writing wars as it were yeah. uh we, we get that that experience and those those insights that you know eventually we'll all discover if we write long enough yeah but, yeah. but this is kind of a shortcut and we can get right to the meat of it yeah yeah so if, if i haven't pushed the point enough go listen to this show <laughs> it's awesome dave can you say where people can find the show yeah, absolutely. It's at uh, we are on iTunes, of course, and on Stitcher Radio. Uh, but you can get to uh, subscribe right to it at www.roundtablepodcast.com. Awesome, and I'll I'll link it as well. In uh, you're a gentleman, sir. Thank you. So, thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> and everyone, listen to Hidden Harbor Mysteries. Thank you for listening. Find links for Veronica, Catherine, and Dave on our website at hiddenharbormysteries.com. Hidden Harbor Mysteries is released under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 4.0 license. Check out the website, as I said, and you can also look for more of my productions at lincolnaudio.com. I'm here with Veronica. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me start over. I, I, I must say I'm doing this after a long night shift and I have a whiskey in my hand. So. <laughs> that, but that's how you're supposed to interview. Yeah, we'll start that over. <laughs>